0: Hey, and welcome to the Entrepreneur's Ecosystem Podcast, where we aim to help you, the big-hearted change maker with a bold vision, to build a business that gives you butterflies and a life that makes you want to high-five yourself. How? By addressing the interconnected nature of all that you do. From marketing to mindset and everything in between, we believe your business is more ecosystem than monoculture and that when it comes to creating sustainable success, it's all connected and there is no one size fits all formula. Join us for conversations that embrace nuance, elevate the importance of empathy and address the diverse and unique strengths that enable entrepreneurs to not just make money, but to make real, lasting, positive change in a regenerative and revolutionary way.
1: Everyone, and welcome back to the entrepreneurs ecosystem with Shanti Zach and Dolan Petrin. I am so excited today because we have a really amazing guest on that I have heard so much from, uh, from Shanti for sure. And then also another one of our clients who worked with her. So without further ado, we've got Kristen Dwan, who is a certified hypnotherapist. Author, Reiki master, and owner of The Healing Woods, where she works with people wherever they are in the world via Zoom. Kristen found her introduction to Reiki and the path of transformation over 20 years ago, By dying and coming back to life in a burn ward, receiving skin grafts for third degree burns over 30% of her body. She specializes in soul deep healing of the subconscious and ancestral level to release you from the blockages you have that keep you from the life love, and joy you yearn to experience. She is your guide through the world of shadow work to make sure your subconscious mind is in alignment with what you consciously desire in life. Whoa, that is a crazy story I can't wait to dig into. <laughs> Welcome, Kristen.
2: Thank you guys for having me so much. Mm.
0: So <laughs> cool. I'm excited to chat with you today and it's been a while. The last time we connected was one day before my third baby was born, I that was like my ultimate pregnancy of procrastination. <laughs> and I worked with Kristen during my second pregnancy with my baby girl, and we worked together about probably two or three months before the birth. So she recorded a personalized hypnotherapy session for me to listen to every night as I was falling asleep and I did so religiously and this might be TMI, but I had the most amazing, incredible birth with Juno. It was just perfect, nearly orgasmic. There's the TMI part, but Uh guys, it was so amazing. And I really think that my subconscious helped with that. So we're not going to talk about birth too much today, but I would love to get into your expertise around the power of the subconscious mind, how we can shift our subconscious beliefs to serve us as entrepreneurs, and a whole lot more before we go there. We love to start with a question around who you are and how you operate. So for us, we often will look at that through the lens of the conscious mind and how your conscious mind identifies with characteristics of astrology, human design, Enneagram, disc, like any model that you feel you resonate with that you want to share about.
2: Yes. Astrology is always my go-to. I've always got my head in the stars. I am a triple Aquarius.
1: Oh, you must. (laughs) Well, then you're meant to be in my life because all Whoa. I do is attract Aquarius's this, these days. So how like, yeah, how does that? Oh, man, I've just learned so much in the last year. But how does that show up for you? Or how do you how do you resonate with that?
2: So, you know, the Aquarians are the we see the future We're we're living, you know, steps ahead of society, usually. And we're weird because of, <laughs> oh, my God, she's just she's doing her weird thing. Yeah, so that was me like 25 years ago, right? Uh-huh. When I was like getting into Reiki and everything, and and spirituality and tarot. Now everybody's like, "Oh, Kristen, we should have done it when you did." It. Right. <laughs> and now they're all open, you know. So the thing with Aquarius though is it is an air sign, so I basically triple air. Yet I do have a Capricorn. I have Capricorn in me that anchors me, which Good. is. The only way that I can run a business, because if it were up to the triple Aquarius, I'd be out hugging a tree, swimming in the ocean, talking to the rocks, and I wouldn't be
1: answering. Mm, (laughs) That sounds good, though. I like I want you to be able to do that and do Zoom hypnotherapy like at the same time, sort of this like. Anastasia does 2022 or something. Um, (laughs) Uh, We're like middle of Aquarian season right now. So happy birthday.
2: Thank you. It's the seventh, February 7th. Uh
1: Coming up. Amazing. (laughs) I relate to Aquarian,
0: although I've only got one sign. I'm just my son is in Aquarius and I feel you on the weirdness. And (laughs) So, on. Dawn's new friend who's also an Aquarian because she only attracts Aquarians now and we I met I met him the other night and I was like so do you relate to your your Aquarian tendencies do you always feel like a bit of an outsider there was he's was
1: like uh <laughs> he's got an army <laughs>
0: yeah. <laughs> yeah so funny that's really interesting that You've got some Capricorn, too, that helps to ground you.
2: It's the only thing that allows my business to run the way it runs, really.
0: Mm. (laughs) Yeah, and you do take many excursions out into the woods to just be. and.
2: Yeah, you know, the whole reason I I named my practice the Healing Woods is because ever since I was a child, Mm. the Redwood Forests, of humboldt county which is right at the northern tip of california right near um pacific northwest basically and so the redwoods were what healed me what got me grounded what really just got me through kind of a crazy existence really (laughs) you know the fire is just one thing right? right so the healing woods i i feel like i i sink in all the energy of nature all the energy of those towering giant trees And I bring it home and and share it with people within my work.
1: Mm. (sighs) I've always wanted to go there. I haven't made it yet, but like just even from afar, you can kind of feel that that healing energy of those giant trees that have lasted that haven't been thousands of years, haven't been colonized yet so yeah that's beautiful that's a beautiful thing to name your business after too and like maybe grounding if you've got all this like airiness to you maybe grounding just to like also call that in yeah I love it I love
2: it it's definitely important in this work especially you know I'm working on the energetic level and the subconscious level which can go very very deep and it's good to ground after something like that for the client but also for me you know, because mm. I'm a 100% empath as well. So like I go there with everybody, you know.
1: Interesting. What is um empath is such a word. I remember maybe 20 years ago, people were sort of starting to talk about it. Not that people weren't speaking about it more, but then I don't know, I used to be really deep into the yoga world uh, where, where I used to live and everyone was claiming this like empath status and also maybe like, say, like having porous boundaries because of like because of that or allowing that. And so, yeah, what does being an empath mean to you? and also maybe you can speak a little bit around around boundaries and having empathy,
2: yeah, so you know, before Reiki came into my life, that was a little over twenty years ago, I was still doing healing work with people. I was doing, I've been doing tarot since I was like 13 years old. Mm. And when I would have a schoolmate at that point, you know, crying to me about, you know, her boyfriend and what does he feel about me? You know, and then we're, we're dealing with the, with the cards. Like I could feel the emotions Mm. I would, but like tears would start to come out of my eyes. To me, that is, that is empathy. It's just like feeling their pain when I would walk into a room, even if I didn't know the person, like let's say I was in a room and I had to sit, you know, near somebody that I didn't know, I could feel what they were feeling. And before Reiki came into my life, there really weren't that many boundaries because I didn't know I didn't know how to make a boundary energetically and things like that. So when Reiki came into my life and I learned it and became a Reiki master, I, I love that Reiki is almost like, it's like a mesh in between you and the person where the emotion mm. you'll know what they're feeling. Cause I think it's important to be able to go there with the person, but the Reiki helps for you not to like, feel the pain, feel the anger, feel the fear. Does that make sense?
1: Mm. Yeah. 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 I like that a lot. Like something about approaching these energetic practices through a tradition of human beings who have practiced before Although I think you can uh, like channel like the Aquarian age, right? That's maybe why there's already so many aquariuses around. So although I do think you can channel those gifts without necessarily having the tradition, I love that like that idea of like the mesh and sort of just a structure around how to like work with the healing space. Without pulling it in and, and grounding it in your body, right? Like, I don't know too much. My mom just did level one and level two Reiki, though, a couple months ago, which is amazing. And she was like, Well, you know, Dawn, it's really about not absorbing it yourself, like just like informing me. Uh, yeah. So I love that. Like, yeah, definitely deep in that, into that tradition gave you the structure to be able to like help without sucking it all in
2: well there's hundreds of different types of energy work out there so yeah Mm. 100 you do not need to be attuned to reiki in order to do energy what helped me in being attuned to reiki was learning how not to take bad from people and Mm. you know try to you know it's very shamanistic to like suck it into yourself and get it out you know yeah with Reiki, it's it's universal energy. So with mm. I'm not using my energy. I'm not using earth energy. I'm not using en- elemental energy. I'm using like universal energy to go through me to help that person do their own healing. You know, the body knows how to heal itself 100%. I'm not doing the healing, the energy is. And so when I took myself, you kind of take yourself out of the equation as a Reiki practitioner. It's like, I'm not doing the healing. I'm just allowing this to flow through me to get to you, you know?
0: Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah. Well,
0: that's so fascinating. I've never heard about Reiki being a, a way to protect yourself energetically and not take it all on.
2: 100. Um, I did
0: Reiki level one when I was in India, but I feel like it got a little bit weird because... The man who was teaching me, he also like wanted to marry me and, and, you know, it was some like boundaries were crossed, let's just say, but, but I, I feel like I need that. I totally identify as someone who feels the emotions of others very, very easily and have gotten into the habit of just asking the question, is this mine? Mm. And yeah. that, that can be really powerful too. Yeah. Um, let's talk about the subconscious. Yes. And I've heard you describe the difference between the conscious and the subconscious before and you do it so eloquently and you make it make sense. And I think often people hear those words thrown around and they're like, WTF, what does this even mean? So I wonder if you could give us a basic breakdown. And if we could start there.
2: Yeah, definitely. So yeah, you know, there's a lot of people think, oh, it's my subconscious. It's this deep, dark hole, that I can't, I have, you know, no control over. And that is not true. (laughs) Yes, it is. It is vast. Our subconscious is formed between the ages of zero and eight years old. So think about, you know, back when you were eight, you were kind of a little sponge. What adults taught you was truth, and you brought it in. And what we call those is knowns. We have knowns about things that span deep into toddlerhood. So think about, you know, if a dog barked at you and you got scared when you were four, that becomes a negative known about dogs. Dogs are scary. I need to be careful with them. You know, we love hugs and kisses, you know, from mom and dad. So those are positive nouns, mm-hmm. And we like birthday cake because everybody brings us presents and sings to us. So birthdays are awesome. And so is cake. So we have all these <laughs> positive and negative knowns about things that are created, you know, between zero and eight. Around nine, ten, we start to kind of like get our own ideas about things. And a part of the brain comes in that's called the critical mind. And so the critical mind is almost like a gatekeeper between the conscious mind, which get this is only like ten to twelve percent of our brain power, and then the subconscious, which is like eighty-eight percent. So that eighty-eight percent of your mind is really driving your life. It tells you what you can expect to let's talk about business. You know, what my worth, what you know, what can I say to my people? How can I express myself? If at seven years old, you were told to be seen and not heard, that's going to carry over to the 50s, 60s, 70s, 80s, 90s until it's kind of cleared out. So the critical mind comes, going back to that, comes back to, you know, nine, 10 years old, where you start to really get critical about the things that you're told, like, oh, I don't know if I believe that's true. I'm not sure that I can make that much money. I don't know if I deserve that new position in life, you know, whatever those are. And what the critical mind does is it takes what you consciously desire. So let's say I want to make a million dollars this year in my business, right? So that's a conscious decision. And it goes to the critical mind. The critical mind goes, all right, cool. Let me go into the database of the subconscious and see how do we really feel about money? Like, like, do we deserve it? Is it safe? The critical mind is there to keep you alive. Your subconscious is keeping you blinking, breathing, your heart pumping, all the things that are making you be able to take your next breath. The conscious mind is kind of, you know, kid in the candy shop, like, I want that. I want that. I want that. (laughs) So that critical mind is there to like, okay, let's see if this is really good for you. So imagine when you're five or six years old, you're playing with your dolls and your parents are in the other room. They don't think you can hear and you're not consciously listening, but, you know, you hear them talking about money and dad lost his job and mom's worried about where we're going to get our next meal. And so mom's crying. Dad's getting upset. Subconsciously, you're remembering that as money is bad money made mom sad dad's upset like money's not good right consciously you're not thinking that consciously you're like i want to make this million i want to get to the next level how we going to do this let's let's go i'm ready subconscious is like no no we're not going to do it that fast and in fact maybe we won't do it at all we'll make you make a decision that's gonna you know trip you up or you're going to get scared or you know So, our subconscious mind is basically like the inner five year old directing our life Mm. (laughs) for the good and for the bad, right? The beautiful thing about the subconscious is when you work with it, when you create new neural pathways, which is one of the things that hypnosis does, we create new neural pathways so that just because you were taught that money's bad or You know, for me, my big life change was emotional eating. I was 400 pounds at one point because when I was eight, my dad left and the subconscious is forming. And so mom would like, you know, make me feel better. And then I would eat cake to make myself feel better. And all of a sudden I became an emotional eater for many decades. It wasn't until I used self-hypnosis with myself and really dug deep into that little eight-year-old who was sad that daddy left that now I've lost 150 pounds, I'm, I'm continuing on that, that goal. And I'm really close to my goal at this point. And it wasn't until I did that subconscious excavation of like, what's in this, this tunnel, there's good things in the tunnel, too. You know, it's not always like demons and like skeletons, you know, there's, there's knowledge, there's wisdom, there's strength. And so I went through and changed my habits to be if, it used to be if something, you know, bad happens to me, then I'm going to go eat or I'm going to go drink something sugary or whatever. You know, now it's I want water or I want to go, mm-hmm. hike. you know, so that's why you see Shanti was talking about pictures of being in um, nature all the time. I'm I'm yes it's a stressful time right now it totally is for most people on on this earth and instead of like drinking or eating my stress away I'm hiking it away I'm walking it away I'm strength training it away right and so that's helping me on my goal of being where I need to be weight wise and it wasn't until I got that 88% of my subconscious mind in alignment with that that 12% to give me 100% brain power
1: Yeah. I love that. Thank you for sharing all of that. It's so, I think like what I'm pulling out that was like really salient for me is the idea that everything in the subconscious isn't shadow. Like it's not all bad, right? I think a lot of the time we think like our subconscious mind is like only protective or only in these like horrible patterns and so like thank you for the permission to allow like whatever it was that brought us to be five or six years old to have some some good in it too and also neuroplasticity is like my favorite thing in the world so thanks for sharing a little bit about that I just love that the science in the last 20 years is actually like studying this and that we can actually see that patterns don't have to be the same and I still really like cake but like I would love to (laughs) love to use hiking over cake for for feeling better when you feel crappy so yeah that's really cool self-hypnosis is a neat idea too do you record yourself or how does that work
2: yeah, it's just like when I work with my clients, like I dig deep into what I want to be feeling, how I want to see something, a feeling, You know, a lot of it is what I did with myself. A lot of it is forgiveness work. You know, mm-hmm. around divorce, forgiveness for myself for taking everything out on myself. Like it just goes deep, right? That like you go down the the rabbit hole, but then once you get to the core and you start to put in those thoughts of love, self love. I'm, I'm worth more, you know, this is how I'm, I'm feeling, you know, it's, it's amazing how it slowly changes and shifts everything about you. There were habits that I had that I was just doing so subconsciously, like, Oh, I've had a, a glass of wine. So let's have chocolate too. You know, all that stuff. It's like, and and I'm not saying I didn't change myself 100%. Like, yes, I'm going to have some birthday cake on my birthday. Yes, I am my favorite rose cake. Right. Mm. and it's going to be because I'm celebrating, not because I'm sad and not, you know, <laughs> so I still allow myself indulgences anymore because that's just life. You know, we need to have those and they don't become habit because of the, the work I've put through. Your subconscious can be your biggest barrier when you don't work with it, but when you work with it, it is your hugest cheerleader. Mm. And once that change was made, like the the weight loss has been amazing. I mean, I've lost a whole person, 150 <laughs> pounds. Yeah, that's
0: wild. <laughs> Congrats! That's Thank Incredible. You. And I I think it's worth noting that this is with any big endeavor, mm-hmm. the right strategy in your business, the right weight loss plan, the perfect whatever it is externally is never going to be able to compensate for a lack of internal yeah. awareness, belief, and, and shifting those subconscious structures. I mean, to me, it feels like a, a lifetime worth of work. I'm curious where the starting point would be for someone who's never who's mm. never looked at it
2: mm-hmm.
0: and who's never gone there. It's important.
2: Yeah, yeah. It's going to be different for every single person. Just that's where, you know, when we have our first session, I would go deep into like, what are the self-limiting beliefs that are coming up for you talking about business? I never would be seen on camera. 2018, I hated being on camera. I didn't do video. And as we know, video is like the number one driver for business right now, you know, with, with Instagram and, 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 TikTok and all those things, you know, it's all video. So that would have held me back so much. Now that I'm fine being seen on video, stepping out on stages and speaking, you know, all the things that are helping to drive my business. Now I feel confident in them. So my first question with anybody who is doing this for a business, having wanting to get some subconscious healing around business, what what are you afraid of? What what makes you like, oh, I can't do that? What are the self-limiting beliefs around? Is it money? Is it being seen? Is it exposure? And then we would go through, when did you first feel that? So it's going to be different for each person. Somebody, it might be teenage years. Somebody, it might be when I was three and my mom told me never to be seen and only. So it's kind of different. We would start right where that person is. And I've I've worked with people who have gone to years and years of hypnosis. And I've worked with people who have never once even tried it. And each person is going to have a different way in which I work with them. Does that make mm. sense? Yeah.
0: Yeah, totally. And you'd probably start with the biggest thing mm.
2: and then. Yeah. Work from there. The way the subconscious mind works is so many things. It, it's almost like a big, and then there's little sprouts,
0: right? Mm. A
2: root that happened when you were five and then mm. can't attract the love. i like, or I want, Oh, I, I can't make that, money. you know? So there's all these different like flowers. Right right?
0: Right. Root could be like a lack of mm self-worth and the sprouts of that be so many things.
2: Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. How, how subconscious works and how it speaks is through dreams. So Mm -hmm. I ask a lot about, you know, what people are dreaming because then that will show me where we, you know, after the first session, if they start dreaming about high school, you know, I can't find my locker in high school. Well, then we're gonna go back to high and see when were you feeling this thing that were were and then oh my god that's where it started you know mm, <laughs> so it's just yeah. a, a vast world of the subconscious it 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 helps people so much to actually have control over what what's happening there yeah you know I'm not talking about like controlling we can't always control emotions emotions are gonna pop up those come from the subconscious and. What you can do is when an emotion comes up, give yourself that tool of, I see you, I hear you, and here's what we're going to do instead, being more conscious about your your subconscious healing, if that makes any sense. <laughs>
0: Yeah, absolutely. I've been having crazy ass dreams lately to the point where I'm like, I got to smoke some weed before bed so I don't remember my dreams. Which is probably a bad thing because I'm like literally numbing out so that I don't remember them because I wake up in the morning and I'm like, whoa, girl, what <laughs> is going on? So I, I, need, I need to start writing them down. Yeah, you know
2: what? Writing them down In the way the subconscious works, it's still working. Your dreams are still working for you. Dreams are venting out emotions and stuff from the past. And especially when people start working with me with subconscious stuff, usually it it just starts venting big time. Mm. And it's nice to know what you're venting just for me so I can like help you on, on the journey. But you're still having those dreams, even though you don't consciously remember them. And your subconscious is still making room, which is good. If you dream about being chased and, you know, you're, you're scared, you know, when you wake up, the, 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 the main emotion you felt was fear within the dream. That's actually good because it means that your subconscious is venting out old Mm. and old things that happened to you in the past. So nightmares
0: are actually positive in a way, (laughs) but yeah, they suck to go through. Yeah. Yeah, It's funny (laughs) you used that example because I had that, I had a dream where someone was chasing me the other night. Um, and yeah, you wake up and you're like, ah, yeah, what's going on. Uh, but you mentioned like, it's a stressful time right now. Yeah. Everyone's feeling it, the collective intensity. And I'm wondering if they're like, where's the connection between the sympathetic, parasympathetic nervous system mm. and the subconscious, like, I know it's all connected, Mm-hmm. But if we are in our you know, conscious minds in this state of like stress, overwhelm, how do we heal that on a subconscious level? Do we have the ability to do so yeah. when we can't control what's happening externally? Right. You know, we can control how we react to it.
2: Yeah, but, exactly. Yeah. So, yeah, as you talked about, what we think the crazy things we come up with, right? Like, oh, what if this happens? And oh my God, you know, the body's going through like, oh, it's happening. (laughs) It believes what we're telling it. So within hypnosis, what I like to do with people is get them to a point where they are so deeply relaxed. Hypnosis is like the most beautiful. It's not sleep. You're not going to sleep. Nobody has control over you while you're under hypnosis. You have control over your mind. You know what's going on around you. You know, I hate movies that portray like, oh, the hypnotherapist is controlling people. No, it's not that. <laughs> and you're awake. So, you know, kind of what's going on in your in your um, room, in your environment. And you're so relaxed that you're able to almost dream, daydream in a way. And so when your hypnotherapist is giving you positive reinforcement about what you want to happen. I like to do future pacing is what we call it where you are already making a million dollars. You just went into your bank account and you see all the zeros, you know? So when when they're thinking that under hypnosis, mm-hmm. the body believes it and the body starts to build up. Oh, that's where we're going. That's what we're focused on. Because what you focus on expands. And if you're focused on what you don't want, what you're afraid of, you know, the self-limiting beliefs, you'll be right there. Like you'll, you'll mm-hmm. create, that. you're powerful. You'll be there. But when you start to like see what else is, possible, you'll create that as well.
1: Yeah. I love that. Future pacing is funny because we use future pacing and copywriting as well. Just painting the picture of what, what you will be like when you yeah. go through the transformation of say this course or or like maybe hypnosis or something. And I've done a little bit of work called like belief journaling is what my coach called it, which was like you'd wake up in the morning and like write like you're already living that that thing that you want. Personally, I actually have a lot of trouble imagining futures or like trying to have goals or what have you. So I'm like, as a personal aside, is this something we could work on with hypnosis? Um, <laughs> and then also like uh, maybe... So that's like conscious mind, right? Doing the belief journaling in the morning versus hypnosis which would be the subconscious mind. And so I I don't know if there's there's something there for you to speak on or or if there's a like like would doing that hypnosis first be more helpful or what what do you think about that?
2: Doing it all together is beautiful because writing is ideomotor, right? It's a right. Con- it is subconscious. You're not thinking, I'm writing an A. I'm writing as, you know what I mean? You're not, uh-huh. you're, and your hands just going. Typing, not as much, but writing. Well, I guess typing is kind of subconscious if you know the keyboard completely and you're not looking, you know? Mm-hmm. But I would say handwriting. Handwriting is the most idiomotor response, which you know, then you you can kind of start doing the just let your mind go and let your hand do do the writing, but not think too much about it. That stream of consciousness like that stuff is powerful, especially the best time to journal. I love that you're doing it in the morning because the best times to journal are either like the minute you wake up mm-hmm. or right before you go to bed, because your subconscious is still kind of processing, you know, your dreams and everything that happened that night first thing in the morning and then as you're getting yourself to sleep then you're you're setting the pace for your dreams like the abundance you're writing about or the love or the health or whatever it is so yeah those are the two best times to do anything with the subconscious like writing listening to hypnosis all the meditation all those things
0: mm. yeah the morning one I, I i'm glad you mentioned before bed that that yeah. makes my early morning mama heart happy because Whenever people are like, you have gotta do it first thing in the morning right. as part of your morning routine. And I'm like, mm, my morning routine is kids. wiping butt. Yeah. <laughs> I can't swing it <sighs> but before bed. Yeah. It would be totally
2: doable. And so night is totally that that that's the best time for moms usually. Kids are asleep, everything's done, you have some mute time, you know. For sure.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Kristen, would you share a little bit about, or a lot to you, about your story? It's one of those stories where it should be a movie. You've gone through a lot. You've written a book about your experiences. And yeah. we shared a little bit in the bio there. But can you tell us about what happened and and how that changed your life?
2: Yeah. So it was 1998. And I've always been spiritual. You know, I would burn candles and, and meditate for money, for just things I wanted to bring into my life. And so I had a, a road opener candle burning. And what a road opener candle is, is it's a magical candle that takes anything out of your way that's it's stopping you from where you want to be. So I was 23, kind of not the calm, collected, happy person, you know, today at all. <laughs> I was kind of a mess living in a party house. There were bands that were practicing in my living room all over the place, drugs, like just everything happening all at once. And I knew like my higher self knew like this is not, you can't do this for too much longer. You know, I'd been doing it for a few years and I was at the point of either like going down with, with the ship or needing to rise above where I needed to be. And so I went to sleep with the candle burning. Don't ever you guys learn from me. <laughs> uh, the next thing I know, my cat's screaming, scratching my face, my eyes open, and I've got like a wall of flames oh. around my bed. And right as I got up, the curtains that were above my head fell onto the pillow that my face was on. So I would have had like huge scarring, you know, facial burns. I got out. I literally had to run through a wall of flames to get out of the room. And so my feet, you know, I was just, I was, it was summer. This was, this happened in August. So I was wearing a t-shirt and shorts. So like my arms, my legs, my feet got third degree burns on them. And, but I made it out. I made it out, which was beautiful. And I'm very thankful for that. And at the time watching my house burn and, you know, the uh, fire department trying to put it out. I I noticed my fingers were kind of doing this, and and I had these big uh. burn bubbles, and and I was in shock. So I was like, oh, it's fine. I'm not gonna go with the with the the ambulance. I want to like make sure all the the animals are okay. We had like six cats and a dog, and so stupidly enough, I didn't go with the ambulance. Probably my burns wouldn't have been as bad if I had got them taken care of and went straight into the burn ward. But I waited a few days because I thought <laughs> it'll just get better. And they didn't. So finally I ended up in the burn ward and I had skin grafting, multiple skin grafts. The first one was they took it from like a corpse, a dead body, and put it on my hands and feet to see if my skin would take it. And it didn't, unfortunately. So then I had to go into auto grafting, which is taking my good skin off of my good parts of my body and putting it on the burns that was intense pain like the mm-hmm. most pain i've ever felt they basically cheese grater your your good skin off and and trans transport it you know to the burns during all these skin grafts the first time they put me under my heart stopped it didn't like whatever the medicine was that that or the gas or whatever it is that put me down so they actually ended up having to resuscitate me so that's where i actually lost my life was on the surgery table and I remember, like hearing the things in the operating room, and they're like, Oh, we, we need to get her back, you know, all this stuff. And I'm just like, like, I had a choice to go or or to come back. And, and I remember choosing to be back in my body, even though it was really scary to to get back into all that pain. But I knew there was a reason I was supposed to be here a little bit longer. And so I felt myself hit my body. And that was the first time I, I've had surgeries before. I've had like, I feel like when somebody goes into the healing work, <laughs> I, I, like the, the universe is like, okay, here you go. Here you go. here you go. So there's many things I've had to get through cancer. I've had to get through a colon resection. Like there's so many different surgeries I've had, but this surgery was <laughs> when I woke up, I literally felt like death warmed over. Like it was, it, it took days to get, come back from that. But when I did, I had this new feeling of energy around me. I could feel things around me way more clearly and deeply. And I could feel the pain a lot more too, because I was just more self-aware, you know, more, more awake. I feel like the fire literally burnt me alive before mm-hmm. I was asleep. Now I was alive. And so I told my doctor, I need to get out of here. We need to do something. I need to write a book. I need to start a band. I need to <laughs> like all these plans. Cause I had a life again or maybe for the first time. And he was like, well, I'm glad you have all these plans, but we need to grow some skin on you before we can release you. You know? So he said, we're going to have, you know, it might be another month, more skin grafting. So at that point I lost all the wind in my sails. And I kind of had like this dark night of the soul of like, why, why am I here? Why are you putting me through this? And I asked for help. It was the first time I ever asked for help. I wasn't much of a, I didn't pray. I didn't, you know, I, I just, do it on my own. I'm a strong woman, you know? And so I finally asked for help from the universe and I felt this like suctioning on all my burns, all my wounds. Mm. And I felt myself leave my body and I was kind of floating Mm. and still awake. This wasn't a dream. I was definitely awake, but yet out of my body, I didn't feel the pain. It used to feel like hot irons on my skin 24/7. that was gone. And I just felt like this huge energetic, like, love and hug, embrace from the universe. And then I slowly started feeling myself go back down. And I was like, no, <laughs> <laughs> but okay. And so I hit my body. And at that point, the pain was like down to like 10% of what it was before. I still looked like Freddy Krueger. I don't know if you guys do. Nightmare yeah. yeah. So I still looked like Freddy Krueger with all the burns. But the heat was gone. The fire was out of them. And I was able to hobble to the bathroom. I had to go to the bathroom. And, and I remember looking in the burn Ward little mirror. I, I didn't look beautiful whatsoever. When you're in a burn Ward, you don't like take care of your hair. You don't even shower. You have to go through this like specialized water thing called a whirlpool so they don't mess up your burns and all that kind of stuff. So I looked like a hot mess. Yet, when I looked in my eyes, I saw beauty, I saw power, I saw strength. And for the first time in my 23 years of life, I had love for me and never had that before. Hated myself. Hated. So that energetic healing, whatever that was, not only helped me physically with the burns, three days later, the, my surgeon was like, wow, you're really turning a corner. We're going to get you out of here this week. So not only did it physically help me, but it also emotionally helped me to actually love myself and, and accept myself where I was and say, we're going to do this. We're going to get through this after getting out and kind of doing some research. Cause I was like, I need to figure out what that was. Like, I've never felt that energy before in my life. And I didn't, this was before the internet. You couldn't just Google like energy. What is that? or before Google, maybe the internet was happening in the late 90s. I don't remember it was so long ago. (laughs) But it wasn't as easy to find practitioners as it was now. So I had to kind of do some research, go to different shops that were in new age shops and things like that, that had healers posting their flyers on boards and stuff like that. And so I went to all these different energy, different energy modalities. I went to shamanism, I did angel healing, I did all of them. And then I found out what Reiki was. And I was like, well, let me try it It's energy. And I remember of all the different energies, which all of them are beautiful. They are beautiful, amazing. Each Every energy that's in the world has its place for sure. And Reiki was the closest to that divine healing that I got in the in the burn ward. So at that point, I knew that I was supposed to take it all the way to Reiki master, write a book about it, teach it talk about it to whoever will listen. And that was like my reason for being back here, you know. Mm. Body. <laughs> Whoa. So, yeah, that's, that's that's the book in like, you know, that much.
0: Well, <laughs> oh, i just tuning up over here. Like <laughs> so beautiful what that realization that you had. Talk about totally shifting your subconscious in like
1: an instant,
2: right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. What was so, the
1: candle uh, called again?
2: Road opener.
1: Road opener. You yeah. know, we got to be careful when we ask for that sort of stuff, don't Uh-oh. we? It's yeah. like yeah. people are like, oh, I'm chanting to Ganesha. I'm like, oh, good. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Let me know if you need any support because when the blocks <laughs> are removed, it's not often the most comfortable thing. Oh, it's um, pretty. Yeah. Right. But it's like, if you don't ask for it, like there's two things about that story where you you were asking and you were really received. One of them was like one of those like tapas burn through it literally things. And then the other one was one that I've experienced, too, where it's just like the abundance and generosity of universal love just like comes into you and Oh gosh. I think this is like what the Christians mean when they say taking Jesus into your heart or something like that idea of allowing love in that somehow our society is makes, makes it hard to do, but whoa, what a, what a great, I've, I've seen those autographs before. I had a, had a boyfriend who went through that and that, and that was just 10% of his body. So I can't imagine 30% of your body being through that. Oh my gosh. And then the near-death experience.
2: (sighs) Yeah. Well, it's funny you mentioned the Jesus in your heart. So I do, I do feel, that's why I called my book Baptism by Flame. Mm. I feel that the flames really did awaken me to spirit, to myself, to my higher calling. And and so I don't look back at, you know, people are like, are you afraid of flames? Do you never have candles anymore? Absolutely not. When I was doing body work, I did fire cupping, like ancient Chinese fire cupping with the fire. I have a fireplace. I do fire rituals. I, I love fire. Fire is what, I'm a phoenix. It's what brought me to who I am today. I'm a lot more careful with it <laughs> on a human level, but I'm not afraid of it whatsoever.
0: <laughs> wow. Wow. Yeah, that's... well, we're going to link your book in the show notes. Just to think I'm oh, sure you. lots of people who want to read that story
2: in it's full expression. About the book as well, it's not just a memoir. It took me many years to write this book because at first it was going to be just about the fire. And then it was, no, I'm not just about the fire, I'm bigger. So then it became the spiritual journey after the fire, like meeting a living saint, starting a band. And and then it said, "Mm, close, but we're more than that too. So then it became a tool. So it's a, the book is now a working tool. It has, it's called, the full title is Baptism by Flames, 10 Steps to Ignite Your Light Within. And each chapter has like, there's an online part of the book as well. And each chapter has exercises and sometimes there's music, there's meditations that I that I recorded. So it's it's a whole spiritual journey. So you're going on it with yourself as you're reading about what I did. <laughs> so, yeah, Oof, wow.
1: I love. Yeah, I love that you can like integrate the teachings and help other people integrate the teachings from your life with that. I also think like, maybe it's the mark of a true healer, although who's to say true healer, but to have been attacked by fire and then love it after to, to really have like come full circle circle and not, not come into like capital T trauma, just come into like lessons, like blow candles out before you go to sleep. You know, (laughs) Mm -hmm.
2: Yeah. I mean, fire is really what what I, I feel my life began then. I really do. Just, I was on struggle bus <laughs> before the fire. And yes, this, the, the fire brought a huge struggle train, you know, for that year, maybe. But then it was like, you know, the, I started flying, you know, that was leaving my wings. It really did.
0: So much of what you're describing, it reminds me of this book I'm reading that I can't stop talking about, which Don has read and so many of our clients, we ask this question in our kickoff calls: What's the book that you give most as a gift? The books that have changed your life, and the one we hear so often is "Many Lives, Many Masters." Yeah, I love that. So book. finally, I'm reading this book, and what you're saying about when you left the body and like that not feeling the pain and those realizations that occurred like just reminds me of what what she experiences in every lifetime as she's like in that regressed state and talking about the past lives. Do you do that work with people? Do you go there?
2: I do. Yeah. I, I work with people with past lives in two different ways. One is doing Akashic records reading. And so mm. what that is, is me downloading the information for you and us doing a reading around that. Akashic is beautiful because it can do future lives, past lives, you know, karmic, things that are binding you, you know, all those kind of things. The other way that I do past life work is doing hypnosis. And we go into like a deep hypnosis. It's usually about a two hour session. And yeah, you receive your your past lives through the the induction.
1: Like booking right now. I'm not booking right now, but I'm like I'm like booking very soon. I've always been so interested in past lives. I don't not believe in them, but I also yeah, I just I have not experienced personally. I had a friend in high school. She was like, "Oh, I was in World War II. I was shot in the butt, blah blah blah, <laughs> right?" And I'm just like, "Huh." <laughs> so, yeah, that's really cool. I wonder about like if doing that work, I guess it's going to like try and bring it, not even try, but like was thinking about like being a business owner and like how much like past life trauma might be like affecting your ability to move forward or like find out what you're really passionate about. And have you worked with people on, on business? Okay. Tell tell me yeah. a little bit. I'm interested.
2: I mean, a lot of my clients are business owners because I do a lot of speaking gigs in front of rooms filled with entrepreneurs and uh, masterminds full of them, you know. So, yes, I work with, with business owners a lot. And especially spiritual business owners, what comes up a lot is the soul. Our souls have different jobs in life and spiritual people, their soul is is usually tied to either... It could be in the 1500s when they were a monk and they had a vow of chastity and poverty and silence. You know, there's there's stuff that can be like holding spiritual people back where it's like, I have this gift and this gift is free and I shouldn't be paid for it. You know, there's a lot of that that I help people through, through the Akashic and for sure through hypnosis. And one thing that I tell them, these Reiki masters or massage therapists, or whatever, whatever they're doing, whatever magic they're giving to the world, I ask them do you go to the dentist? And they're like, yeah. Like, do you think your dentist lies awake at night thinking, should I be charging for what I'm doing? No. Same thing with healers, right? We are giving of ourselves. We took courses. We we paid to learn the trade that we're doing. And we're giving people value. So we should not be worried about charging.
1: <laughs> I love it. Amen. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely.
0: Especially with something so life-changing and that requires such a deep commitment Mm -hmm. on the side of your client, of the person you're helping. They, they need to be all in and money is this energetic thing that we can use to represent all in this. Yeah. Right. Wow. Thank you so much for, for sharing your story with us, Kristen. And All that interesting stuff about subconscious. I mean, I feel like we could go on forever just about that. You have a free hypnosis Mm -hmm. that you offer, which we will link in the show notes. And you've got some incredible hypnotherapy tracks for specific things like sleep Mm -hmm. and abundance. Abundance.
2: (laughs) I have an abundance one.
0: (laughs) We all want more of that. I am definitely gonna have to book a chat with you just beyond birth, right? Let's uh, focus on you. you. Yeah, you're <laughs> for it. And thank you so much. Where else can people find you and connect with you?
2: So I would love for people to be in my Facebook group. I do have a free Facebook group called Healing Woods Sanctuary. Wood sanctuary. And so I'll send you my my link to that group because I don't think I sent that. So that is where I do, I'm doing a challenge in February. It's a Mm. self-love challenge. So everybody's gonna be posting how they're loving themselves that day, big or small. You know, self-love could be as little as like taking the time to smell a rose while you're like busy on your day. So gonna make sure to add people into that. And also, yeah, I would i'm doing i do a lot of work around the moon and so i have a thing called spirit craft which is a membership where we do it's online full moon workings and they receive hypnotherapy a tarot poll and reiki and i always have like guests coming on to talk about their connection to spirit I call it spirit craft because it's not like witchcraft. You know, people say, <laughs> oh, it's moon stuff. You're a witch. It's like, no, I've studied witchcraft. It's cool. But what I call myself is is spirit craft because I've studied Kabbalah. I've studied Hindu. I've studied like all these different religions and come up with my own craft to speak with spirit. So that's that's and and everybody's Christians. I've had Christians be part of it, too, you know it's whatever your walk of spirit is all are invited and it's just basically drilling down and get putting some magic words what it is you want to bring into your life that month so yeah i'll i'll send you the spirit link as well
0: yes oh, that sounds so incredible yeah so we'll pop those links in the show notes thank you so very much for being mm-hmm. here
2: Thank you, mm-hmm. guys.
1: It was so much fun. Sure. <laughs> Can't wait to book. Look Thank for my email. <laughs> um, Thank thanks you so much, Jenny. Whoa! Look at you
0: listening to the very end. We are so deeply grateful for you and borderline obsessed with hearing what resonated most and how you're taking the seeds planted in these conversations and sewing them in your life and business. It would mean more than you know if you would share this episode with a friend or subscribe, rate, leave us a review on your favorite podcast player. Your reviews tell the algos behind the apps that we are worth pressing play on. So please, if you're feeling generous, take two minutes to share the love. And if you are curious around your unique advantage is in this wild and wacky online world take the unfair advantage quiz at shandyzac.com forward slash u a quiz and thank you again sunshine go light up the world and we'll see you next time